Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get together every month to see how we can help you expand your leadership capacity. And we want to encourage you as you listen along to go to our webpage at visit1cc.com slash leadershiproundtable where you can download some show notes and some other resources that'll kind of walk along what we talk about today. Pastor Conway, what are you, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm doing excited today. I'm just honored that uh, all of these leaders that you would come on and listen to us can't believe you would, but we're grateful that you do. And hopefully uh, today you'll learn some things that w- that's been helpful to us. And we hope it will be helpful to you, helpful to us, meaning the people that we have learned from and helpful to us. Some of the mistakes we've made and trying to recover from them today. Wow. So we want to um, we're going to jump in. There's a couple things we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, first, we're going to talk about kind of where we are in the culture today. And then we're going to talk about um, generational leaderships and, and what that looks like to lead in different generations, whether you're under 40 or older 40 or older than 40. But today, um, to start with, we're going to talk about kind of where we are as a culture mm-hmm. and what we're up against. And and there's five tenets that most, what's the number you said? Something like 80%? 80%, that's right. Something like 80% of people in your church or organization believe these tenets that we're going to share with you right now. Number one is uh, most people believe that God remains uninvolved in most people's lives. Yeah, so what, what's happening in most of our churches today, especially for the younger generation in particular, those 30 and under, is uh, that without knowing it, they're believing a different gospel. And so part of the challenge with that is your thinking obviously affects your behavior, which obviously affects how you feel. So people can feel differently because of how they're thinking in this generation. And we know one of the big issues that the next generation deals with is the issue of loneliness, the issue Mm -hmm. of anxiety. And so you've got to you got to peel the layers back a little bit and ask and answer the question, what is the predominant thought um, the enemy's job is to kind of disorient us so we're not even aware of what's happening to us. So before you know, you're dizzily trying to figure out and trying to make it in life. And so part of the challenge is to peel it back so people can really understand how flawed thinking influences flawed behavior and leads to flawed feelings. And so one of the ones Pastor Man just talked about is this idea of God not being sovereign. Now, nobody will come out and say God's not sovereign. It's just the way we we think, which drives yeah. our behavior, which drives our feeling, which means God is not, he's uninvolved in our lives. And I think that's so huge to highlight that God is sovereign, that he does have a plan for each of our lives. It's customized and either he initiates it or he allows it, but it's always for his glory and it's always for our good, even when it's painful. But if you don't believe that, then you think God's just staying over there in his little corner in heaven and then and then comes down when we need him. He's not always involved in our lives. Yeah, there's a lyric in a song that says, even when I can't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop. That's a fact of life. He is in full control. Uh, there's no day that he woke, wakes up and say, oops, didn't see that yeah. one coming. He's always in full control. And because he is, we ought to, we ought to interact with him and yeah. with others just like he is the sovereign God he says he is. That's right. So the next one is that there's the idea that God wants all people to be good. Right. And then obviously in that situation, the big question is, 
who defines good? And if you don't have uh, the word of God to define what good and bad is, then you will argue and you will think that just is, if everybody is good, yeah. then everything will be all right. That affects everything. That affects how you think. That affects whether or not a country can uh, retaliate to evil that's done to it. If everything is supposed to be good, then who, who determines what's good and who determines what is not? And you've got to watch your feelings because you'll be on the wrong side of a conflict or the wrong side of an issue because you think it appears to be good, mm -hmm. but yet still it could be evil. So we've got to be really careful about that. That's just number two. Number three is, this is probably a personal favorite of yours, is that the goal of life is to be happy. Well, it's a, it's a favorite of, of all of Western all of civilization, right? Um, in, uh, baked into who we are as a country. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Uh, and and you got to be careful when you live in certain parts of the world because if that is your entire goal, and it's not for the whole world, but if it's your entire goal, then you will live your life around you being happy. And a lot of believers do. And when they're not, then they think God's mad at them. When they're not, then they think, I can't believe a good God would do this to me. And it just sets you up for failure when God's goal for you and his purpose for you is for your life to bring glory to God. So if that's the purpose, then leadership wise, we have to teach your people and we have to teach your congregants that the goal of life is not happiness. The goal of life is for you to look just like Jesus. If Jesus was hanging on a cross, he wasn't happy that day. If he got killed, he wasn't happy that day. And so therefore we can't expect yeah. that God would do something to us that he didn't do to Jesus. Wow. Okay. Yep. Number four, God only involves himself when he is needed to solve a problem. That's how many Christians live their lives. God, I've got this. The wealthier you are, the more your tendency it is to depend on, on the fact that you can fix most of your problems. You remember this, man. When you, when you, if you ever had a car and it was an old car, you'd pray your way to wherever you were headed because you desperately needed God. That's how most of the world lives. For us, if you've got a decent car, you just bought a new car, you really don't need God because you're more proud of your car than you are proud of God. Therefore, if you're not careful, what will ultimately happen to you is you will begin to say, God, I'm good. When I need you, you can you can enter. Until then, I need you to stay stage right and let me run my whole life. It's the way most believers live when you have bounty and excess mm. that you get to enjoy on a daily basis. Wow. Okay. The last one mm -hmm. is that good people, regardless of their faith, My God. will go to heaven when they die. My God. Uh, and that's the that's the that's the heart of most good people. They yep. just think they cannot fathom that they're not that bad and therefore they be, and the only reason they do that's because they're yeah. comparing themselves to everybody else once you compare yourself to jesus you realize how bad you are and which is why you need a savior once you compare yourself to god you say yeah god I, there's no way i measure up which is why i need you now this is very important again because in leadership development you've got to realize that yeah what the what the bible tells us is that there's a path to Jesus, and it's a narrow path. It's not a wide path. So there's some people that will go to a Christless eternity, and some people that will head to a, um, a eternity filled with Christ because they have, by faith, accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Now, beneath the thinking, beneath the mindset, beneath the development of this next generation are these five thoughts. And if you're not careful, 
you will develop soft Christians who cannot handle a future, and I have no idea what that future is, but a future of challenges and difficulties. And it's our job, just as Paul reminds us, that you ought to learn to be content. So whether you have a lot, you can live and enjoy it. Whether you have nothing, you can live and enjoy it. Because as long as you have Jesus Christ, then whatever the storm is that you're facing, you can handle it. The problem is most of us are not expecting things to not be as rosy as they are today. Wow. Now, that's a lot. I want to ask you this question because Mm -hmm. we talk about this being with the next generation, and we might be thinking 80% of people struggle with this or believe this. These are things that all creep up in all of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, there's times where I just want to be happy. Absolutely. Um, or I feel like God's not here because I'm going through something. Which which one of these do you do you see maybe the most problematic or one that's rearing its head the most, if there is one that you would single out on here? Yeah, I think it's very challenging to, to highlight one over the other. If you ask me which one is perhaps the most predominant in our culture because it's in the fabric of our country it would be the number the third one which Mm -hmm. is that everybody thinks that they have the right to be happy and uh, if your christianity cannot work in uh, the poorest of country in the war-torn country in the country that experiencing starvation like never before uh, then your gospel is not the right gospel because Jesus came for everybody, and the gospel should be able to live. Should we should be able to live the gospel out, no matter where yeah. on the planet that Christ allow us to to live and to enjoy. Now, how do you help somebody who is wanting to go after happiness? How do you help them get to a point where that's not what they're chasing? Well, that's why discipleship becomes so important. That's why I think um, learning the thinking and the thoughts of Jesus Christ is so important. That's yeah. why I think it's so important for men to disciple men and women to disciple women because all of these issues come up because they're in the background of everybody's lives. And I think the, you, you can try and teach it from the pulpit, but unless you're in it on that moment, it doesn't hit you the same way. So when you're walking mm-hmm. with somebody one-on-one through life over a year, uh, chances are you're going to go through the valleys and the peaks. Mm -hmm. And when you go through the valleys, that's where you teach them the whole counsel of God. When you're walking through the gospel of Mark and you're seeing how Jesus interacts with his men, that's where you can teach people about all five of these and why it's significant that if you believe in the gospel, the gospel wasn't us there so you can save you from going to hell. The gospel is there to show you you how you bring heaven to earth and live it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the exciting thing that you get to do when you get to disciple this next generation or leadership in leadership develop the next generation over time. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's a lot um, to disciple, to grow, to help. And a lot of that goes for leadership. And leaders, you're listening leaders, and you're in one of two categories. You're either under 40 or you're over 40. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do now is just walk through some generational leaderships that you need to consider making, that others around you need to consider making. We'll first hit the under 40, then we'll go to the over 40. Um, but we've got a lot of these yeah. um, leaderships to go through. Um, well, well, before we even get there, you just need to know how high the stakes are. If you have a million students that are leaving uh, yeah. their parents, going off to college, and then walking away from, from the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, that, that's a big problem that yeah. we've got to turn around. That's not a little issue. That's, that's massive. And that's happening every single year 
the church is losing a, a million of its young people because yeah. they go to college and somebody can simply wax eloquently and then they abandon their faith, which means we're doing something wrong in the student ministry. And it also means we're not discipling them enough so that they're living their faith before they go off to college. And when you have the same in the next generation, uh, those on the 30 or so, when you have these young people, uh, not just going to one church, but going to two, three, four churches and saying, I'm a member of all four churches. Well, here's all they're saying. What they're saying is, I don't want to come into anybody. I want to be the captain of my own ship. I want to live my own life, and I want to dabble here, dabble there, and dabble everywhere instead of doing what the Bible tells us to do. One, becoming a self-feeder. Mm-hmm. Two, becoming a part of a local body that's reaching its community for the glory of God, but in a society where what matters is you, the individual, primarily, and not God's kingdom agenda, no wonder all you care about and all we have a tendency to care about is what's in it for me, so let me get a little bit from everybody instead of becoming a part of a local expression of the body of Christ and impacting that, that community for him. Wow, that's big. Mm-hmm. You ready to jump into these? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Can't All wait. right. Um, we're going to start with the shifts for the under 40 leaders. Yep. Then we'll go to the let's over 40. Um, the under 40 leaders, um, we've worked through this for a book that we've read um, called Eight Shifts Great Young Leaders Make. So some of these we've kind of adapted through that. Um, but let's f- go to number one is going from entitlement to honor. Yeah, the, the, again, the, the, the wealthier your country that you live in is, the the less work you have to do and the more is given to you the more that's given to you the yeah. more you're going to think you deserve it the more you think you deserve it the more you will not appreciate the labor that it took to get what they're giving to you so freely therefore you will you'll think you deserve it not appreciate it and therefore not honor those before you yeah. who have gone and sacrificed greatly for you. And so it's just one that you have to battle if you if you live in the United States in, a, in one of the suburbs. You just really have to battle this for the rest of your life. And you have to almost overdo it to make sure that you're honoring up. Because in our culture as a whole, we look down upon leadership because we want to dumb it down to everybody. It's a flattened organization. It's a flattened country. Everybody has the right to go do what they want to do, mm-hmm. which we all do but you've got to remember somebody paid a price to get you to where you are today therefore the bible tells you you ought to honor up that's why one of the commandments is honor which is why it should be second nature for every young leader that you learn how to honor whether you like them or not by the way you don't have to like them all you have to do is know that god's placed them above you and your job it is to honor up because you're honoring the position and you're honoring the fact that God has established them in that role. That's really good. My God. Um, that's a whole nother talk right there. Um, For real. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get through this. I don't. I think we're going to have to do it in two in two uh, episodes. I think the first one is going to be under, the, on the 40. Under the second 40. one will be the other one. So let's let's see how far we get. Yeah, Go the ahead. next one is from unreliable to consistent. Uh, again, when, you, when you've been given a lot, uh, when you have gotten away with a lot, when you can cut corners, it's it's so easy in light of that to say, hey, man, listen, you, you ought to just be glad that I'm here. 
I don't have to be here. You ought to just be glad that I'm here. So now you, you're coming from this, well, I can show up if I want to. I don't need to show up. I might need to show up, whatever. And now you're thinking that everybody should just appreciate the fact that you show up. And, and God is saying, you, you, you're working for an audience of one, and that's yeah. him. And if you are working for an audience of one, then I mean, no matter who's around, you're going to be faithful, you're going to be reliable, you're going to be uh, diligent because you're working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which means everybody, as John Maxwell would say, everybody have, have um, goals that they're trying to get to, but their habits are are downhill habits and they're not willing to pay the price. Oh, yes. My God. And just unreliable. I mean, for me, I just think of if you say you're going to email somebody, do you actually email them? If you That's say it. you're going to call them, do you do it? If you say you're going to text them, do you do it? And being consistently reliable in everything you do. Especially when nobody's looking. So they oh, say, hey, man, I want you to gosh. make 30 phone calls and just care about these 30. Do you do and it? And you make five, and then you say, ah, that's good enough. They're never going to know that I didn't make the, the, the 20 calls or the 30 calls or the 40 calls. But, yeah, but God knows. And, therefore, over time, the higher up you go, the stakes get higher, the exposure gets greater, mm-hmm. and your habits cannot consistently stay there. All right, let's go to the next one. That's good. Um, Shifting from dissension to cooperation. (laughs) I just can't wait to hear what you're going to say about this. Yeah, well, the the, the spirit behind that is that it's so easy in an individualistic country to make your words and your point of view matter the most. And so you'll hijack a whole session because you are so passionate about this thing that, that, that you don't even realize that God could be setting you up so you can use that same idea somewhere else, and that's not for the organization you're currently in. But you get so passionate about what you want to do that you, that you forget that part of leadership is collaboration, and sometimes it's not the season for the thought that you have. And since you're not in charge, you ought to make sure that you share your point of view, and then you back down and say, man, I'm all for the best movement for the organization because maybe God's going to let you use it in 10 years somewhere else. But right now, it's not the big one. So don't hijack the people's meeting just because you have an agenda that you want to run down. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I've seen it too many times. Just too many times. It's okay. Stop talking so much. It's okay. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. (laughs) Next one is going from conformity to integrity. Ooh, this one is especially true for the next generation in conflict. When you have conflict with other people, um, uh, sometimes, depending on your personality, your, your tendency is going to be just to let me just go along with everybody and now not share what's in my heart because I mm. don't want to you know, turn the table over. But sometimes you've got to share. Maybe it's in private before you do it in public. But sometimes you can't just conform to what everybody else is doing. And to group think, sometimes you've got to be true to yourself and be true to what God's calling you to do. And if you're in a room, they do want to hear your opinion. How you share your opinion, when you share your opinion matters. But you can't say, well, I knew it. They just, they just didn't want to hear my opinion. No, you have, a, you have a duty and a responsibility to be a part of a team and share your heart in the midst of that as well. Yeah, and just uh, asking yourself when you're in, how many times have you been in a meeting or something's been said that maybe was something you didn't agree with or you didn't think it was the best way, but you just said, okay, I agree with it just to move the meeting on. That's exactly right. And we just do that sometimes. We just, or, or what we do is we, we, we upend the meeting by asking the question in the wrong way. And, and when you have your idea or passion, 
part yeah. of being wise and mature is coming up with a way in which to ask it so that it seems like it's the person yeah. in charge's idea or so that it seems like you're honoring yeah. the work's been done before and you're not the smartest person in the room that's come to liberate everybody else. And so I just think we ought to, when we have great ideas, we have to put enough time in phrasing and framing the question as we do with the passion to share what's on our hearts. Yep. And the next one kind of flows into that because mm -hmm. um, the next one is sometimes when you want to be the hero, you find yourself struggling with pride and the shift from pride to humility. Yeah. And th this one is so easy. Uh, the younger, the, the, the problem, the major problem that young people will face is the issue of passion. The major problem that the middle-aged person will face is the issue of pride. And the major problem, the core problem that older saints face is the issue of prejudice. And so you have these three tensions that you have to realize which one will I, which one I'm, which season am I in, which one am I prone to, and how do I not let that particular one derail me or make my leaders above me look down on me because I really have not mastered the challenge of my generation. So the first one is the issue of, the middle-aged one is the issue of uh, pride. The younger generation one is the issue of passion. You have all this passion, you want to let it go, and, 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 and you have not earned the right to. And then the seasoned saint one is always going to be the issue of, of prejudice. So uh, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, if you want, uh, if you want uh, God to honor you, then you go humble and he'll lift you. If you want God to humble you, then you go prideful and he'll humble you. It happens all the time. You just choose which one. Whichever one you choose, God's going to choose the other one. You choose pride, he's going to choose humble. If you choose humble, he's going to elevate you to the next level. All right? What do you got? That's just the opposite of how we operate in everything. But that's, <laughs> gosh, that's so hard. Um, let's go to the next one. The next one is from being passive to passionate. My God. Uh, with the next generation, you always, one of the great things that you have is energy mm. and passion. Um, um, depending on your personality again, uh, you might have a tendency to be passive. You don't want to, you don't want to um, take the leadership up and lead. Uh, and that's why one of my greatest advice to all young leaders is you have to find a place where they'll let you lead. If you have the gift of leadership, you must find a place where they will take a risk on you and let you lead. And whenever you find it, you need to honor up because it's rare that people will trust you with other people that they lead to give you the opportunity to, to hone your skills. And so one of the things I often say is whenever you get a chance to lead, you have to lead. Take the initiative. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you to step up. You take the initiative. You provide vision. You provide um, insight into the future of where you want to take these people. And then you always ask, hey, is this okay? Here's what I'm thinking. What would you do if you're in my role? What would you say? Mm -hmm. How would you handle this yep. situation? But you have to ask the questions because the num your number one goal is to learn how to be the best leader you can be. And you don't do that by simply doing it yourself, but you do that by saying, here's what I'm thinking. I just need 30 seconds. Is that wise or is that, on, or is that not wise? And then you allow them to coach you up as you go. That's really good. Now, that, because somebody could look at this list and say, how do you want me to be passionate but yet full of humility at the same time? 
And Absolutely. that's what you just talked about, Absolutely. how to balance that, because you can be passionate, you can drive, you can go, and you can still have the heart to be humble um, and cooperate and honor up while you do it. Um, there's two more left. We've yeah. got selfish, selfishness to love. My God today, selfishness. Every young leader must realize <laughs> that your whole goal is, is, has a bent to be towards self-centeredness. You just do. Uh, all of social media has a goal to self-centeredness. You want to be the star. All Every, of social media? Everything around you oh, wants you gosh. to be the star. So you have to fight against it with every ounce of energy in you or else you will just allow it. So what, what, what you're trying to do is you're trying to shift to how do I do things for the benefit of others? Wow. You're trying to have a habit and a lifestyle of I care about the person who is at the bottom of the totem pole and how do I help them become the stars? You're, here's your only assignment. You don't get to be the hero. You get to help other people to be the hero. And if you don't establish that just like Christ did, what did he do? He got 12 men who were average dudes, and he made them the hero. Yeah. Your goal is not to be the hero. It is to be the hero maker and make other people the hero all around you so that they go further and farther than you ever could imagine. But you can only do it. They will, they will know in a minute if you're doing it from a self-centered motivation. They will know it in a minute if you're doing it, but you really want to get all the praise. So you have to work that out with Jesus in your own uh, closet before him and mm -hmm. ask him to rid you of this of this self-centered egotistical let me be the star let me have more followers let me have all this and you've got to establish up front as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord you got to establish up front Mark chapter 10 verse 45 I do I he did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many you have to fight against what your culture naturally wants you to do and you've got to say, God, will you help me pour my life into somebody else? Three, three things last forever. God, his word, and people. Young leaders, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Here's your job. Get to know God through his word yep. and pour it into the lives of other people. The more you do that, I promise you, I promise you, people will call you blessed for the rest of your life. I promise you they will. Amen. The last one that that dovetails on mm -hmm. when you're talking about pushing and, and trying to get out in front of everything is from premature to patient, from rushing ahead to being patient right where you're at. Praise I don't Lord. know that there is, there is a, there's one that this, this community would struggle with more than this one. The idea is uh, a fruit of the spirit is patience. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to, if you're going to walk in the spirit, then patience ought to be second nature for you. What that means is uh, you've got to practice um, patiently doing things and not expecting instant reward behind it. Uh, one of the things we did early on is you got to start writing now, knowing that nobody's going to read your book for 10 years. You got to start singing now. Knowing that nobody's going to hear your song for 10 years. And you got to enjoy that because you're really doing it, not for you and not for stardom, but you're really doing it to help other people. So you've got to, you've got to, you've seen this before. You've seen the guy who come up with a, with an album or a, or a song or a single and it's great and everybody loves it. And then they say, okay, we need the next one. And they cannot come up with another one. Here's what that meant. That meant that they went too fast. 
too quickly and had nothing else in the tank. Mm. Your assignment as a young leader is not to always go out there and tell them everything you know, but just put the work in, labor, get so much material, so much content nobody knows about, and it's just there. And when the time comes, God will elevate you, but when he does, you'll have 15 songs, 15 books, 15 different things that you can do. So you won't be a one hit wonder and you get one opportunity and you can do nothing else. So wherever you are in your leadership, whatever you're currently doing, whatever you're good at, just make sure you have so much of it so that when the lights shine on your life, you are not a one hit wonder. That's all I got. What do you got, Pastor? Well, I do want to ask you a question yeah, about that because um, I, I, I did not come up with this phrase, but I like to tell people, let the game come to you. Mm-hmm. Don't force the game. And there was years for you and Jada where you were not broadcast out on a big scale. She wasn't out teaching. You weren't always out teaching. And you were really kind of keeping it inside the walls of this church. Yeah. And I just want to see if you could talk a little bit about why you didn't rush um, getting outside of this church? Yeah, well, well, first of all, we, we, we still don't think we're that good. So uh, anything God does is just the grace of God. So mm-hmm. part of the process is um, he's called you to minister to some people. Just be faithful where he called you, man. That's where he called you. This is the group in front of you. Yeah. Just produce the best resources, the best content, the best everything for the people in front of you. And don't worry about being recognized big and all that. Let God do that for you. Your only assignment is to minister to the people that are in front of you. And some of you need to know that your greatest your greatest victory is not going to be you. It's going to be your kids. And you must be careful that yeah. you do not sell your kids short because you're going after something that you think you should be the greatest in the world at. Yep. Your assignment is just whatever's in front of you. Um, be faithful to that. God says, I'm going to show you your next step. Don't look all the way down the path and figure that out. He says, my word is a lamp unto your feet. Figure out what your next step is and quit trying to look at everybody else down the road. Listen, where you are starting, you love to compare your start to somebody else's finish. Your assignment is to just start the race that you're in and quit looking at somebody else's going through the finish line. He didn't call you to that finish line. He called you to your deal. When Jada and I was getting mad early on, we knew we had a different life to live, and everybody around us who had two incomes was getting big old houses and everything else, and we did. Why? Because that's not the life we're called to live. That's their life. We stayed in a one-bedroom uh, studio apartment, and we loved it for three, four, five years. And here's Hold why up, that's you important. said we loved it? Well, I loved it. Okay, Jada probably checking. didn't love it as much as I did. That's a good word. That's a good word. That's a good word. Uh, but she was... She was she um she endured. How there about go, that? She endured. That's Patient. a good word right there. Patient, right. Patiently endured. But all I'm trying to say is you don't know. You just don't know what God has in store. So be faithful yeah. with the people in front of you. Crush it and quit looking at where you're going That's next. Good. That's really and good. And finish what's ahead of you. That's really good. I'm going to read through these eight real quick. Yeah. So that you can think through as you listen, which one or two of these do you need to start working on now? Because you've got to listen to this and process and not just listen and move on. Uh, You might need to do from entitlement to honor or the shift from number two, unreliable to consistent. 
Number three, from dissension to cooperation. Or number four, from conformity to integrity. Number five, from pride to humility. Number six, from passive to passionate. Number seven, from selfishness to love. And number eight, from premature to patient. Which one or two of these do you need to start working on internally right now? No, that's really good. And then the next time we get together, you get to look forward to what the the seasoned leaders yep. ought to be doing on the shifts they need to make. So let me give you a couple. One of them is from holding on too long to oh, letting it go. Gosh. Another one is from having closed-door meetings to have open-door meetings. Another one is I can't risk you hurting me to a commitment to developing you. You don't want to miss it. And so don't go tell somebody, oh, you need to listen to this. This is yours. No, no. Just be faithful right where you are. And if they ever want to hear you yeah. and come into your area where you're listening to it, then you can join them. But don't go tell everybody, hey, man, you need to hear this for you because this is how you're going to let me go be the star. Wrong insight. Be faithful where you are. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening with us today. Um, if this has been a blessing to you, maybe it's helped you, maybe it's uh, grown your leadership just listening, please leave us a comment or a review or like or share um, at whatever platform you're watching or listening to this podcast on. We're always grateful that you can join us at the Leadership Roundtable. Again, that's visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. We look forward to seeing you again next month. We'll see awesome. you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.